Good morning to you. It is great to see you. We need to do a little uh, furniture moving. And this is very dangerous because you realize there are steps in front of me and water behind me. I have no place to go. There's just no telling. No telling. We uh, conclude our series this day talking about getting into church. How do we get into church? And we have decided it's through doors. Several weeks ago, we talked about the door of hospitality, that we should be caring, that we should be nurturing, not only of our own, but of those who come in, that this should be a place of hospitality, of hospice, spiritual hospice. We talked about prayer and the need that we need to emphasize and be consistent in our prayer, because God is anxious for us to communicate. And we need to take our time each and every day to make sure that we talk to him. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about forgiveness, that each of us stand in the need of forgiveness because we are indeed broken. And we ask for forgiveness. But the harder part of that is that we need to forgive others who have trespassed against us. You just prayed that. We need forgiveness. Last week, we talked about service how important it is in the life of our church, how important it is in the life of our kingdom that we share our talents, that we share our time, not simply our treasures, and serve the church in so many new and different ways. If we are not engaged in the church, if we are not committed to the church, who is going to be? We are here every Sunday. But are we serving the church as the church needs to be served on a daily, on a weekly, on a monthly, on a yearly basis. Today, we talk about our final door, our door of celebration. Our door of celebration. I hope you're happy this day. I hope you're joyful. I hope you have a smile on your face. I hope this is someplace you want to be, not someplace you just have to be. You got up this morning and said, well, I guess I got to go to church. I've got to listen to that pastor again. Gee. I want you to be happy to be here, to be in fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ, to have a smile on your face, to have a song in your heart, to indeed be celebrating. I want you to go with me to the physician's gospel, the gospel of Luke. And if you will stand, I will read a story that Jesus told, a story to which each of you are familiar in Luke 15, starting with the 11th verse. And this is what the physician writes about Jesus telling this story. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About that time, his money ran out, and a great famine swept across the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against you before you and heaven, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. 
So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. And filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a, finger for his, get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine who was dead has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. We are celebrating because of his safe return. Let the party begin. This is the word of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. You know, when the Lord wanted to drive home a truth, he told a story. The 99 sheep that the shepherd had, he lost one and spent all of his time trying to find the lost one. The 10 precious coins that the woman had, and she was sweeping through the house to try to find the lost one. And then a certain man had two sons. Two sons. Boy, it doesn't get any better than it does here in the chapter 15 of the Gospel of Luke. That's where you will find all of these stories. And the thread that brings these stories together is the single word of celebration. Joyful celebration. Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this is my son who was dead, and now he is alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. And so they begin to celebrate. Let the party begin. You know, life, life is truly a gift, a pure and simple gift. We didn't earn it. We didn't engineer it. We don't even have a lot of choices about the way it will end. All we have is this present moment, a shining sliver of time in which to live and to move and to share. The tragic mistake of the prodigal son is that he thought of life more as of an entitlement, something to be seized, something to be taken, something to be demanded. And the younger one said to his father, Father, give me, give me my share of the estate. Show me the money. Never mind that that was the total surrender of his father's retirement, his social security. It might even have been an early route to a grave. Because those who understand Middle Eastern culture will in essence tell you that this young man was telling his father, drop dead, dad. I want my inheritance right now. I want what's mine. Give it to me. What an attitude. What an attitude of gratitude for a life. And so it comes as no surprise to any of us that he goes off and he squanders this wealth very, very quickly. We're told in wild living. He loses everything. Greed leads. Greed leads to need. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. Jesus even strains with this language as Luke writes this, expressing the joy, the extravagance of this loving father. The one comes home, and he sees him from a long distance off. Can't you picture that? He's been waiting. He's been looking. And finally, there on the horizon, on the road, he sees his son. Bring out the best robe and put it on his back. Get the signet ring and put it on his finger. Put some shoes on his feet. All of God's children got shoes. 
Bring out the fatted calf. Let's eat. Let's celebrate. My son who was once dead is now alive. Who was once lost, but now he's found. Let us begin to celebrate. You know, this is a day of celebration. Not only are each of us blessed with another day of life, not only are each of us blessed to come and to worship in this beautiful house of the Lord, but we've witnessed the confirmation of six wonderful young adults as they get confirmed in the church, as they make a profession of faith before their brothers and sisters in Christ, it is a day to celebrate. Later on, we'll be celebrating the sacrament of Holy Communion as we remember the gift of Jesus Christ, what He gave to each of us, something that's not earned, something that we can't pay for. It's given out of the gift of love. This is a day to celebrate. A celebrate. We come to worship And we should leave worship with smiles on our faces and a spring on our step. I should see all smiling faces looking back at me right now because you should be happy. You should be joyful to be here. Whenever we gather in worship, we enter through the door of celebration. We proclaim that our lives are dedicated to Jesus Christ. We celebrate the fact that God God is still in charge. We can leave the burden of running the world to the one who created the world. Let me say that again. We can leave the burden of running the world to the one who created the world. Whenever we worship, we celebrate God's presence with us. He is here with us now. God's deep love for us and his gift of his son, Jesus Christ. Because of that gift, we celebrate the forgiveness that each of us stand in need for. All of you have played hide-and-seek, right? Maybe I should ask it this way. How many of you have played hide-and-seek? Every hand in here should be up. Okay. You know how it's done. I hope I get this right, Jill. I got it wrong this morning. When you're it, everybody goes and hides, and the it person's got to go find that person, right? Got it. You wouldn't think I'd played hide-and-seek, but I did. How many of you have played sardines? Ah, Carol's played sardines. Jeff's played sardines. You guys have played sardines. Okay, there's a little twist to sardines. Sardines is a favorite game of a lot of youth groups. But what it is is the person that's it goes to hide, and everybody else tries to find that person. But when they find that person, they don't say anything. They just get in next to that person, and they stand together. So that person better find a pretty big spot because all the people are searching and each of them get in. They cram in that spot together, a closet or a room. They all get stacked into the small space like puppies or like a sardine can. And then after a long while, somebody giggles. Somebody laughs and then whoever's still left out there finds them. Personally, I think that game has always been the parable for God and the church. I think God is a sardine player. I really do. God is found in the midst of our laughter and our celebration. And I think God wants us all to be in the sardine pile together. All of us. God doesn't want any of us left out of the game. And he wants us to be happy and joyous to be a part of the game. The joy of heaven, the laughter of the faithful, the celebration of forgiveness should all be echoing in this church. Not every Sunday, but every day. We come in and we exit through the door of celebration. I believe that life is a celebration of our relationship with God 
through Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. I believe our life is a celebration of our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And I think sometimes we forget about that. We really do. There may be some of you out there right now going, Pastor, what are you talking about? What have I got to celebrate? Why should I be celebrating? Have you read the newspaper? Did you watch the nightly news last night? Have you seen anything on the internet worth celebrating? And the answer is, of course I have. Of course I have. But I'm not concerned about this world. And the answer is quite simple. We are fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image. We are created for relationship, and when that relationship is broken, so are we. He loves us so much. He desires us to be with him so much that he sent his only son to restore that relationship. It cost him the cross. It cost him everything. But he becomes the bridge between our brokenness and between God. That is why we celebrate. This day and every day, that is why we celebrate. That's why these young people celebrate. That's why all of us celebrate. Because we have been redeemed by the love of Jesus Christ. We are constantly reminded of the risen, living Lord, and we should be filled with joy, joy, that he died on a cross for us, and he has restored relationship with the Father. We should be constantly reminded that our sins are forgiven and constantly reminded how much God truly loves us. As the body, when we come celebrating the sacrament of Holy Communion here in a few minutes, we need to remember Christ's sacrifice. In the bread and the cup, we remember with humility and joy the gift that Christ gives us. As you come forward to partake, as you kneel at this altar railing, you should be celebrating. I think sometimes we come to church loaded down, loaded down with the burdens of our life. We're overwhelmed by our guilt or overwhelmed by the temptations of our life. We're fatigued. We're, we're simply tired by the daily struggles that plague us. We have sorrow of broken hearts, the disappointment of broken promises, those made to us and those that indeed we have made and broken. We come with all the trash and the garbage that life can dish out on top of us. We come with our hearts and our minds cluttered. And we come to this altar and we partake of those simple elements and we kneel at this altar and we leave all of it here. We empty ourselves just as Christ emptied himself for us. We empty ourselves and turn all those burdens over to our Lord and our Savior. And when we rise from this altar, when we turn to go back to our seats, we should be renewed. We should be reinvigorated. We should be refreshed. We should be refilled. And we should be joyful. We should have a celebration in our hearts. We leave through the same door that we entered, the same door of celebration. Sometimes it only affects us spiritually. Sometimes it affects us physically. We get up with just a little more giddy-up in our step, 
a little more lightness in our heart, maybe a bigger smile, maybe we breathe a little easier. Our heads are held a little higher because we've left it all here and we celebrate that we can do that. The story is told of the pastor who was celebrating the sacrament of Holy Communion and he had all the kids down here for children's church. And he was trying to explain to them the Lord's Supper. He was talking about communion. And he said, kids, the Bible talks about communion as a joyful feast. What does that mean to you? No one answered. No one had any idea. And so he continued. He said, well, joyful, joyful means happy, right? Right. And a feast is a meal, right? Right. So a joyful feast is a Happy meal, happy meal. So what three things do we need for a happy meal? Little Johnny pops right up, hamburger, fries, and a regular soft drink. We're not offering you hamburger, fries, and a regular soft drink today. But what we're offering you is more than enough. In these simple elements that we are about to partake in, we remember, we are fed and we celebrate. God never wants us to leave his house hungry. He never wants us to leave this altar hungry. God's desire for all of his people is to take all the everyday situations we find ourselves in, our sleeping, our eating, our going to work, our going to school, our playing, and offer to him as an offering so we can be filled with the overflowing mercy and grace and love that is God, so that we can celebrate God's desire is that we might come through that door of celebration and that we might leave that door of celebration and that we indeed might have smiles on our faces, that we might be happy, that we might be joyful, that we know Jesus Christ and we know the gift that he has given us and that we remember in the sacrament of Holy Communion. Would you bow your heads with me, please?